Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Andrew. I'm Lee. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right to it. Uh, so some news. Um, our, yes. our frequent listeners know that I like reading a lot of manga, and I go to sites that post translated manga, and I do my best to try to also support uh, translated ones. Um, I don't know if this one's been translated yet, um, especially this one, but the last page of a uh, spinoff novel for um, our spinoff chapter for, uh, I think I've talked to you about this um, this uh, this manga before. I reincarnated as an Oto- as an otome game villainess. Um, it's this girl who, uh, at the age of eight or something like that, she um, hi kitty, she hits her head. She's and she's this spoiled brat of a uh-huh. noble. Um, she hits her head and then she regains her her memories from her previous life in Japan. And she puts two and two together and realizes that she is a character in this Otome game. For those of you who don't know what an Otome game is, um, it is a... Um, what are you doing? Are you? Sorry, it's cold. And I don't have my heater going so hot because, you know, don't want it to record. So I've got my blanket here. And Toby decided to go ahead and curl up at my feet on the blanket. So, anyways... Uh, so you're talking so, about an Otome game. Yeah, so this Otome game. And um, she's reincarnated as this character who is a rival um, for the main character. And an, an, an Otome game is, uh, it's a dating sim. But it uh, is a, um, where the main character is a girl, usually. And the, um, and you know, all the uh, el- eligible bachelors are handsome men. Usually handsome rich men or something along those lines. And she's the fiance of the prince, who's one of the options to marry in that game. Well, uh-huh. she realizes that she has two possibilities. The good ending is where she gets banished because of how horrible of a person that she is. And this all happens when she's 15. She's eight now. The bad ending is when she gets killed. And so she's just like... So, so is it a specific game that she's aware of? It is a spe- She is a character... She She played this game and loved this game. So she played it multiple times, unlocked all, but except for like the super secret hidden ending Uh um, that she was working on when she died, apparently. But she is a character in her favorite Otome game. Um, So she decides that screw that. (laughs) She doesn't want to die. She doesn't want to get banished. So she starts living her life, trying to be a better person to the people that she was, that character was mean to. Uh-huh. Um, she learns to farm, even though she's a noble, because if she gets banished, she's going to need some skills anyways. She learns how to fight with a sword just in case, you know, someone who hates her ends up dueling her and kills her. That way she knows how to defend herself. So she's this uh, very modern woman in this uh, kind of medieval fantasy setting. And it's hilarious. It's wonderful. Um, wow. Anyways... There is uh, a this... spin-off manga real fast that only has one chapter posted where she regains her memories at the age of 15 and she only has one year to correct everything. And the very last line of it is, if only I got my memories back when I was eight instead or something like that. Anyways, the last page of this had an untranslated announcement for the anime of the original series, which is hitting April of 2020. 
I am very excited because I adore this series. It's a whole lot of fun. Okay. Are you aware of the existence of an Otome game where all of the male choices are giant pigeons? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hatoful mm-hmm. boyfriend. Hatofulu. Something like that. Hatofulu boyfriend. Yeah. Um. All of them. All of them are. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're they're all they're all pigeons. So yeah, oh, that's pigeons. another one of my game. Okay. Um. So. Uh, just... Next announcement. <laughs> the things that pop into my head. Just little little facts that exist. Like these things happened. All right, okay. Next announcement so, is next announcement, not anime just... related, but this one is related to something very close to your heart. It turns out that there's a new mm-hmm. casting announcement for the Wheel of Time. Oh, a character, Tam Althor, father of the uh, one of the main father of the main, ca- one of the main characters, mm-hmm. has been and, announced. Uh, yep. And uh, while I'm not personally familiar with him because I don't care for the for uh, Game of Thrones, the actor Michael McElhotten. Um, who is from Game of Thrones, uh, has been cast as Tan Althor. Yes, he and, plays uh, Bruce Bolton in uh, Game of Thrones, a very mm-hmm. infamous character. Yes, uh, related to the Red Wedding. Um, anyways, um, so, and then, uh, for the last little while, um, Nis- uh, but uh, we're, Nissan we're hopeful Nissan- about his uh, performance in The Wheel of Time. I mean, he's a good actor, and mm-hmm. it's it's a good character for him to play, actually. Well, Tam Althor is amazing, and a lot of people have been commenting that he's the dad that everybody wishes they had. Uh, <laughs> Tam Althor. Uh, but anyways, uh, so over the past year, uh, bit by bit, uh, Cup Noodle, uh, Nissan, the, the company that owns Cup Noodles, um, they have been making um, commercials um, called um, uh, oh re-imaging the Straw Hat Pirates from One Piece as high school students. Yes. And they just released a music video today with music by Bump of Chicken, who has done songs for One Piece um, and other things. They've done songs for the Tales of series. Um, uh-huh. Real good, uh, talented rock band. I've got a couple of their albums myself. Yeah. Um, and uh, they posted that on YouTube today. And I watched it, and it was a whole lot of fun. And honestly, a little bit teary-eyed seeing all these famous scenes from one piece the series i love so much um redrawn in this style um yeah it's uh yeah i i only got a few minutes into it i didn't finish the whole thing i could tell that there's a lot of reference that i wasn't getting because i hadn't Mm -hmm. actually watched one piece at Mm -hmm. least not that much of it Mm -hmm. um i'm barely past the guy who adjusts his glasses with his palm oh geez yeah you're way way at the beginning you're away. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in double digit episodes. <laughs> Anyways, um, so. actually, that's. But uh, yeah, the animation was that's very in interesting. It was quite raw, kind of fresh off the presses uh, mm-hmm. without inking or coloring. Uh-huh. A lot of pencil work um, sketches that were used for the animation. Just very, very interesting uh, artwork. I wonder if they're going to continue spending time and money on uh, developing it out. Or if they're just happy with what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, What's up? Sorry, I just, I'm, just, I'm just pulling up the, the One Piece anime. 
I want to see where your episode was. I'm pretty sure that's in like the first 13 episodes. <laughs> so I, sw I swear we made it somewhere in the 30s. I know we got past him. I know he got defeated, but okay. I couldn't tell you where we where we got to. So and it's just one of those problems with uh, the long running series. that if I can't uh -huh. find my place again, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. And honestly, I'd say just read the manga instead of watching the. Uh the anime because the anime is so massive at this point unless you have a lot of spare time yeah uh -huh. so episode 16 is when that guy is defeated so yeah. that's yeah, way so early on way early yeah. on uh anyways um yeah so that's it for the news uh let's go ahead and move on now to three episodes in unless there's any other news that you wanted to cover that we didn't write down no nothing else nothing uh from me okay nothing from me all right, well, uh, let's move in. And this month we are doing, uh, we are celebrating uh, food anime. And mm -hmm. I picked uh, Yakitate Japan or Japan. Uh, Cosmo Osmo wants to make break, blah, let's say that again. Cosmo Osmo wants to make bread, not just any kind of bread, though. He wants to make a bread that represents Japan itself and can stand toe to toe toe-to-toe -to -toe with rice as a national food. Thanks to his legendary hands of the sun, unnaturally warm hands that allow dough to ferment faster, Cosmo's bread is like a slice of heaven. And when the Pantasio rookie competition arrives, everyone will get a taste of his skill. Along with his friend Kawachi, he'll go up against Koala Karate Masters, Harvard bread scientists, samurai with rolling pin swords, and more as he bakes his way to glory. And we watched this on Crunchyroll, even though it's also available on VRV and Funimation. I, wa I watched it on VRV. Well, I watched, you it, on watched it on Crunchyroll. So. Okay. Well. <laughs> oh, this episode. Well. The, the first episode was jam-packed with fun little goodies. Oh my gosh. This, this... Um, the, the first... The first scene of the first episode, just completely off the cuff, bizarre. Like, at first, it seems like it's a medieval battle. And then suddenly, the medieval battle features, like, these knights in armor with swords and shields are now fighting with baguettes and French bread. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, it... and the narration very seriously talks about the European nations, how they fought over religion and ideas, and were willing to fight to the death for the things that they believed in. And slowly over time, these nations became renowned for the breads of those nations. Like there's English mm -hmm. bread and French the bread and German bread. Yeah, they, they, these nations became very prideful in the bread that they brought, that the bread that they used to feed their armies. Um, uh -huh. English bread, French bread, German bread, and yeah, all that stuff. Um yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, and, and so then it cuts to modern day, but but Japan doesn't have its own bread, which pan is the word for bread. Yeah. In Japan. So pan is the word for bread in Japan. So uh the uh there's a lot of jokes in this in this um anime because the main character, Kazuma, has decided that he wants to make the bread that def will define Japan. Yeah. Um, and he keeps calling it Japan. Um, so as in Japan, 
Yeah. Um, and a lot of people th- that he meets at first do not understand what on earth he's saying. Um, but anyways, he, uh, right off the well, bat, Kazuma has a yeah. very outgoing voice. And I recognize the voice immediately because I've watched Soul Eater so much. And it's the it's a Yumiko Kobayashi, or Kobayashi yes. Yumiko, if you prefer to say it uh, in uh-huh. the Japanese style. Um, and she is the voice actress of Blackstar from uh, Soul Eater. Yes. So, which made me happy because I absolutely adore Blackstar in that show. <laughs> She's also the voice, as it turns out, of Young Nice in uh, Re Hamatora. Okay. Okay. So I looked her up. I, the first, my first impulse was to think that she sounded an aw- the the main character sounded an awful lot like Naruto. So I was just double checking, <laughs> and while she's she's done a cameo, a bit uh, a bit part in Naruto, she is not a main character. She doesn't play a main character. Oh, uh, who is she in uh, Naruto? Oh, you keep talking. I'll go ahead and pull it up. Um, so you sounded like you were saying something. It doesn't. It doesn't quite much matter. But uh, okay, so so. You actually wrote down the next bit that's going to happen in the show. About, oh, uh, the baking of bread and she's what's... Nawaki in Naruto. He's he isn't like bit character. I don't know if I'd say as much. He's a he's a child that idolizes uh, Naruto mm. and uh, eventually become tries to become a ninja like him. So, anyways, um, okay, so she's that character as well. Yes. Anyways, uh, yeah. So the next bit at, that happens, um, he. Uh, he is baking bread and he pulls the bread out of the oven. He's like, Oh, this is great. This is so delicious. I can't wait to tell everybody to have everybody try this. And he turns around. He's like, grandma, grandpa, empty kitchen. Where are you guys? The kitchen is completely empty. And he's like, wait, where are you? And then all of a sudden he gets grabbed from behind by somebody in a motorcycle outfit, leather jackets, uh, helmet and everything. Uh And he's just like, ah, 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 kidnapper, help, help. And then the woman who has picked him up says, you idiot, (laughs) you you have to go to Tokyo. You're about to miss the bullet train. Turns out it's his older sister, Inoha. Yes. And she... (laughs) And so she puts him on the back of her motorcycle and Mm -hmm. rushes him to the train station. Well, and like... And he's got his bread in an open basket. I wrote this down. Yeah, the bread is bouncing up and down in the basket as she's driving him to the train station in this super intense over-the-top way of, like, cutting through rice fields and going up over over hills and stuff. She's extremely skilled as a motorcyclist. Yeah, um, but like, she... Uh, we're going to take, take this shortcut and just drives on the hill between uh, the, the wet rice fields. I just... I, just, I wrote this down because uh, the, the fact that he forgot that he was going to Tokyo because he was baking bread is such a fun way to introduce this idiot main character that we have, that the only thing he thinks about is bread. He is literally going to Tokyo to learn how to bake bread better. Yes. And he forgot because he was too focused on making bread for his family. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So she eventually gets him to the train station and where he, he delivers um, the bread to the rest of the family who's already there waiting to see him off. His mom, his grandpa, his grandma, um, other members of the family. And then he gives them the bread and they all love it. And he gets on the train and he goes to Tokyo. And then we have our opening credits. We do. And 
the opening credits is full of so many other references throughout, but the one that really stood out to us was right after seeing his older sister being absolutely insane on a motorcycle, we see her do the Akira slide. Uh-huh. <laughs> she does the she does the Akira slide, uh, which is the most iconic motorcycle move in animated in animation. I mean, there's every... a gif of it happening. It happens. I swear that's there's uh, Robin from the uh, the event uh, Batman, Batman the animated, the animated series. series. Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's Obi Wan Kenobi in um, Clo- Clone, Clone Wars, Wars animated yeah. series. Not not the CG one, but the the animated one by yeah the Gendy Tartakovsky one. Um, uh, there is Finn uh, from uh, and Jake in Adventure Time. Jake is yes. transformed into a motorcycle, and they do the slide. Um, yep. It's just this shot where it's just the same thing over and over and over again. It's a different anime, a different hour slide. And there's a gift. There's of this a game that is out there. There's a game coming out next year, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, that I'm very excited for. There is a beautiful red futuristic motorcycle that you that you can get in the game uh-huh the one thing i want to do in that game on that motorcycle is the Akira slide that's mm. it i hope that they put that in there so badly by the way right, have, you, have you seen uh ready player one yet yes yes i have yeah so you saw the akira bike yeah mm-hmm. and, and everything else and you saw the um what was it called the uh, the, the uh the ship from cowboy bebop yeah, the, the swordfish. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. Last time uh, I talked about that show, you hadn't seen it yet. And I was waiting till you had and then never heard that, whether or not oh, you had or not. Yeah, no, I, I've, I saw it. It's uh, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so there's a Kira really bike reference in the, o, in the uh-huh. OP. And it's, it's, a, it's the shortest of all the clips. But it's there. But it's the one that stands out the most, at least to us. Yeah. So, okay. We then. So, in, so the before the opening credit starts, he's on the train, thinking, "I'm going to Tokyo, and I've been baking bread for ten years. It all started ten years ago." And the rest of the episode, after the opening credits is over, is a flashback to ten years earlier. Mm-hmm. And and he's so he's sitting there at breakfast, eating with his family. When his sister's like, can't we have bread for breakfast? I just want toast for breakfast. Can we do that? And the rest of the family's like, bread is awful. We want, we, we like rice. Yeah. Even and, he's like that. Mm-hmm. And Kazuma, at age six, says the exact same thing. It's just, I like rice. Bread is just dry, awful stuff. Cut to Kazuma hogtied, wearing sandals, behind her bike going at full speed. <laughs> You're going to kill me. Leave me alone. <laughs> so she's yeah, dragging him kind of like um what happened to uh uh marty mcfly in uh back mm-hmm. to the future three where he's but, yeah, but that was around yeah. his neck though. but, but um, this, yeah, yeah but, he's being dragged behind this mm-hmm. bicycle like how strong is she on a bike to drag a six-year-old through the dirt like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. But she and takes him up running to shop. his hardest to keep up and she uh, and she takes him to this bread store and uh, he sees all this bread and sees that it's re- this all the bread in here is actually really cool looking. And yes. she goes in and, and she's here off- and there's like a windmill mm-hmm. shaped loaf. 
And uh, anyways, she uh, she goes in and she knows the store the store owner. Um, and uh, she's like, anyways, I want to buy that loaf of bread right now. And he says, okay. She then. Oh, by the way, they're in the bread store, and she never unties him. He is tied up the entire time they're in the bread store. Yes. And so she then buys this loaf of bread. And she's like, awesome. She grabs the rope, yanks on the rope, flying Cosma in the air, flinging him into the air. She takes the bread and shoves it in his face as she's in the air, all to the horror of this... uh, Of, of the floor yeah. of this uh the, the store owner of yeah. the baker uh-huh um and with the moment that i saw that i actually paused it at that moment going wait i've seen this before is this a reference to something where is this from and i looked it up and sure enough you know a long time ago in the early days of the internet amv hell 3 the first i've the first one that was like feature length. One of the clips was Weird Al's Rye or the Kaiser to this anime, where that exact scene was included in the clip. We should probably explain a little bit of what AMV Hell is for the our listeners who are a bit younger than us. Okay, so a, a very so it's I don't know if it's still active, but for a very long time for. Oh, a long, t- long time. There was a series of videos um, that were called AMV Hell. And what it was, it was, I don't know if you've seen Astiff or any, you know, rapid sketch comedy um, references that just, it's clips from anime put to um, funny, either musical clips or uh, mm-hmm. audio clips. That just have that just are these funny little moments, these little gems that uh, juxtapose quite nicely, and then this, then this, just this kind of short attention span theater of these little clips going on and on and on and on, and they started doing feature length ones, and then they started doing themed mini ones. I don't know if it's still going or not. I don't know how that's going, but you can still find them on the on youtube the the clip that i shared with andrew about this this youtube clip was uploaded back in 2005 so yeah well yeah they they have that was the year my oldest was born yeah they they uh they uh amv hell hasn't updated in a while no so i guess it just got to be too much and apparently like if I recall correctly, a lot a lot of the ideas that they were getting for AMVs, their little AMV minis and things like that, were just the same thing over and over and over again. So they decided, you know, go ahead, let's go ahead and pull the plug. Right. So yeah, I mean, their stuff is still up on YouTube. Definitely give it a watch if you haven't. It's a whole lot of fun. There was um, a there's a funny clip that I shared with my kids just the other day that was um, uh, it was audio from Red versus Blue to a clip from Full Metal Alchemist. Uh oh. And um. Church is talking to Donut. No, Church is talking to Caboose and saying, are you getting any of this? Are you following any of this, Caboose? I I think so. That guy, Tex, is really a robot. And you're his boyfriend. So that makes you 
a gay robot. <sighs> That's right. I'm a gay robot. One of my favorite bits from AMB Hell is uh, it's the it's a Tabuscus's um, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood literal uh, trailer. Li- literal trailer to scenes from the original Berserk. I don't know if it was oh, a Berserk was movie it? or the original animated series. Mm. But it's a like, mysterious hooded man watches from, from a distance. And it's, uh, <laughs> and like, you just see guts in a hood in the rain. And it's, it's just so perfect. I don't, I won't go into it. It's a bit violent. Um, but, oh, gosh. Now act like you didn't do it. They're not buying it. All right, so... Anyways, <laughs> so while the so the while all that's going through my head, um, I then I resume playing, and while this loaf is just jammed into Cosma's face, he starts eating the whole thing and then biting her sister's thumb at the end of it. Uh huh. To which she freaks out, but he is now completely in love with uh with bread with bread, absolutely in love. And at that point, this uh, this chef, who looks a bit like uh, Gendo without the glasses, he's got this Abraham Lincoln beard going uh-huh. on. Um, he uh, he he offers to let Kazuma watch him make more bread to learn how to, to learn how it's done. Um, and so Kazuma and oh, his sister well, she... are, so, are so excited about this; they're 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 thrilled at the prospect of seeing getting to see the bread being made. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Don't you have to go to school?" He says to the girl in the in the to Inoha, the, and she's just like, "Oh crap, I'm gonna be late!" And so she just takes off. So it, cu- it cuts to a long. It cuts to outside of the building, and it's like things are being slammed, and she's running out the door and going off. Cuts to back in, and now the chef is holding the end of the rope that's still tied around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. It's like. So you want to watch me make bread? Yes! And he's super excited about it. He still has the rope in his hand. Oh. Huh. Um, so anyways, uh, he makes bread, and um, he... Uh, uh, the, 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 the baker makes bread, and Cosma uh, Kaz, starts helping and starts kneading the bread and things like that. Super excited about it. Um, and he, uh, so, and he, um, he, he, he learns that, um, this guy who, uh, loves bread, the, the Cosmo learns that the baker, uh, actually has been trained outside of Japan and he wanted to come back and it was his goal to make a bread for Japan. It was his goal to make a Japan. Um, and as he called it, that's where Cosmo gets the phrase from. Um, but he's going to have to give up in his dream soon. And Cosmo's like, wait, why? He's like, it's because no one here eats bread. We're in the middle of this country. Everyone's a rice farmer. Everyone just eats their own rice. No one's buying my bread. And he's like, I'm going to go ahead and get you. And Cosmo then says, I'm going to get you uh, more, uh, customers. Just you wait. And he runs off. And, um, the, uh, the baker notices, uh, that the bread that he had been kneading, that Cosma had been kneading, um, was already rising a lot faster than normal. And he thought to himself, wait a minute, just kind of, you know, uh, already hinting to what Cosma's abilities uh, with his hands are. Yeah. Um, 
But he uh, he and his sister tried to convince uh, Cosma and his sister tried to convince their grandfather, who's a rice farmer, to have bread for breakfast, and he's not having any of it. And they're found. He then uh, says, I, "I'm not going to have this unless I can have natto on top of it." And natto, for those of you who don't know, is sticky fermented soybeans. Mm-hmm. Um, either you love it or you hate it. There's not really kind of a middle ground uh, for natto. Mm-hmm. I like it, um, but I also totally understand if you don't like it. Um, but anyways, he, um, uh, grand, uh, the grandpa mixes up his natto and he puts it on, um, the bread, which reminded me of how I used to eat natto in Japan. I would actually put it on top of bread and I would eat it. And I liked it. I thought it was good. I had that for breakfast a lot. Um, but anyways, um, he has it and it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not going to have it unless I can pair it with natto. Uh, with my natto or with my miso soup. Because every morning his breakfast was natto, rice, and miso soup. Um, and so they uh, they go back and they try to... Um, and they tell the baker about the issue. Mm-hmm. To which, uh, you know, Inoha is late to school again. Um, so she leaves Cosma there. And um, the baker then makes bread. But he uses a special... He doesn't use regular milk. He uses a different type of milk. Um, mm-hmm. Later on we learn that soy milk that he uses. Because um, soy will pair with the soy ingredients Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, they, um, so this this anime mm-hmm. is a real precursor to Food Wars. Because anytime somebody eats something amazing, it goes into this you know, bizarro world animation of things that are happening. Um, mm-hmm. A lot less, a lot less expl- exploding clothes. But a lot of a lot similar reactions in terms of people just being whisked away into worlds of fantasy when it comes to experiencing amazing cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he, when the old man gets to eat the new bread, um, we get this montage of him surfing on on a surfboard of bread on top of uh, waves of miso soup with chunks of soy throughout. Yeah. And... Well, and he's so excited about it. And I just noticed that there, this grandpa, it's this montage about Japan and all the great things about Japan that uh, that he's thinking about. And then during part of it, he pops out and he's dressed up as Bruce Lee in this montage about Japan. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that doesn't is. fit. I, I mean, know. he's doing martial arts, but yeah, he just but he yeah, bites he's got into the, the... jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Well, and we we did kind of skip this. Um, Grandpa, like they put the bread out again, and Grandpa's just like, uh, Grandma, just bring me some rice. To which Cosma immediately yells at Grandpa and tells him just to try it. And Grandpa says, Fine, but if I but if I don't like it, we're we're never gonna try this bread stuff again. And he tries it and he loves it. It's amazing this time. And uh the and one of the reasons he didn't the one of the reasons he was so adamant against bread is that he is a World War II survivor. And mm-hmm. during, um, like during uh, the uh, United States occupation, the Allied occupation of uh, Japan, uh, prisoners of war were given um, rations, which included uh, little loaves of stale bread. And so their experience with bread was deeply unpleasant. And so that's kind of why he was so against it, just on principle, mm-hmm. that he never wanted to see bread again after those experiences, not knowing that bread could be amazing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, 
I mean, it's it's obvious from the first half of the episode to this part of the episode that he's been eating bread basically every day for 10 years after this point. Yeah, yeah. And this guy who's a Japanese rice farmer who wanted nothing to do with bread because of his terrible experiences with bread in post-war uh, Japan now loves bread and yep. sees all the incredible things you can do with it. And I just want to say... As somebody who's trying to do the keto diet, this was a very, very hard show to watch. I, I did it to myself. You. I, I did this you. to myself. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, so moving on, um, the next episode, he's in... Uh, oh, the, he's the episode yeah. ends with it flashing forward. Uh -huh. And then going to uh, the store well, that he's been invited to, which is uh, Pantasia. Where he says, where his family thinks that he already has a job, but we learned that it's not quite the case in episode two. Yeah, um, but and during the quite... ending credits, during the ending credits, uh -huh. um, something I wrote down about that is that um, while the two things are happening during the ending credits the whole time, one is a continuous loop of uh, Kazuma kneading bread, and there's a um, a little uh, feathered uh, filter of. Uh, real life footage of uh, bakers baking bread in Japan, mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. actual making sweet rolls mm -hmm. and French bread and all kinds of things. And I will just say this: the bread that I had in Japan, wow. Okay, like wow, it was so good and filling, not like the kind of air that we eat here in America. The the air with bread coating. Mm. Um. Anyway, um, there was this amazing dish that I had in Japan that I kind of want to learn how to make here called milk bread, milk pan, okay. and it was just this sticky bread that was just kind of like clumps of dough put together and then put into a circular tin and cooked like that, and you would just pull it apart as you eat it. And uh, it we call like that monkey bread here. Uh, not quite. It's a different recipe. Different recipe, but similar mm -hmm. construction. Yes. Okay. Because I remember we've had monkey bread at a family get-together or something like that in the past. And it reminded me that it was... Uh... Yeah, so... I'll try to find a picture of milk bread and I'll, and I'll share it with you. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next episode. And you can go ahead and start. So Okay, so... The next episode starts exactly when the first one... Uh leaves off and Cosma goes into Pantasia and base and introduces himself as though he were already hired and ready to start working mm -hmm. to which he runs into a man who says you are five minutes late. That's minus five points. <laughs> uh, and then it's explained that everybody is on a grading scale. You have 10 points. If you get to zero, you're fired. Mm -hmm. So he well, starts off at half off. So everybody calls him 50% or something like that. Uh, so, mm -hmm. Some moniker that means half or 50% just as his nickname. Well, there's now 35 people vying for a position at this place. And we're introduced to some of them. Uh, the ones that are clearly the most interesting are the ones that appeared in the opening credits as well. There was a beautiful young lady with a pink hairband, a uh, kind of a, a, a blonde kid who I couldn't say if he was like, he's like a country boy trying to be a Yankee or something like that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we and learned later on that he's a country boy, but yeah, he's a he's a punk. And then there's a um, there's a guy with a bandana who looks very menacing and samurai esque in terms of his uh, stage presence. But uh, the mean guy who's in charge of everything, he then proceeds to uh, um, rate everybody. Has everybody line up in a row, picks three of them out, and says. Minus 10 points, you can leave. What? What did we do? He points to the fact that some of them, that one is so sweaty he smells bad. One of them has nose hair hanging out of his nose, and the other one has a really bad haircut. Like, if you were serious about this job, you would do better about keeping up your appearances. Mm-hmm. So they're just immediately fired. Like, oh, well, this guy has no problem being rude. Another minus two points to Kazuma. Yeah, well, he, uh, it's not so much fired. They don't have the job yet. So they're, they're not they have get one hired. opening and they are doing a test to see uh, who gets that opening. So yes. they're not quite hired yet. They're not fired. It's just they're out of the running. Yeah, immediately um, just for being too ugly. Mm-hmm. They play it like it's fired, though, but it's just so mean. Um, then it was... It, he then proceeds to uh, have them run a uh, a test. Everyone has three hours, the same three hours, to make whatever bread comes to mind, whatever bread they want, their best bread, and do your and do whatever they want with it. Um, during which competition, uh, uh, it, it it had a it had the feel of it, this is where I really really made the connection to Food Wars. Because what Food Wars will do during a, at a given arc is a challenge has been issued, and then they explain why they explain all the reasons why the opponent is so good and so smart and everything like that. And then the main character ends up if it's not the finale, they will beat the person that they're up against. Mm-hmm. He hasn't he hasn't won a season finale in the three seasons I've seen. Um that's kind of the point is that it just proves that there are people that he needs to be better. He needs to grow to be better than mm-hmm. is what is how mm-hmm. the show's framing it. That's, that's typical um, in a lot of shonen anime. Yeah. Um, but it just, he, they don't reveal what his secret was until he's already done. And that's kind of just, you know, this is, this might be an early precursor from it. I don't know if this was the origin of that kind of um, dramatic flair, but it's definitely an early stage of it. Um, because what happens during this moment is that um, while they're prepping, the the blonde kid um, realizes that Cosma uh, has a bit of an advantage. He might be a bit ignorant about things going on in the world around him, but mm-hmm. he's... Um, uh, what does he do? He's just so fun... Um, uh, so so he he's prepping his bread and his yeast is rising better than anyone else's because mm-hmm. he has the hands of the sun has been established. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when the uh, the blonde kid decides to play dirty and mm-hmm. stick his rolling pin right behind Cosma's feet and mm-hmm. um, tricks Cosma into mm-hmm. falling de- falling over, dropping his dough on the ground, and then the dough ending up being accidentally uh, stepped on by the blonde. Mm-hmm. 
Um, with only an the, hour left in the competition. Yeah, uh, the blonde's name is Kyosuke. And before we should, bef before that, we should probably list Kyosuke. that when uh, we should probably say when Kazuma gets there uh, to this to this competition uh, that he doesn't even realize it's a competition at first. Uh, we meet Atsukino, the girl with the pink hairband, yes. and uh, he's given minus five point. Mm -hmm. And then he's given another minus two points for having messy hair. Mm -hmm. And Tsukino says, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you don't have to worry about that. And she's super nice, um, which is kind of, uh, I don't want to say off-putting, but kind of odd because everybody else is terrified of this guy, of, of Rio, the guy who's who's running the competition. Uh -huh. um, and she's not bothered by him at the side. And she's like, and besides, if we do this, and she takes off her hairband and she puts it on Cosmo's head uh -huh. and it it, it cleans it up nice and easy and she notices before anybody else uh his his hands she sees just by looking at them that his hands are different than everybody else's yeah um, she says she sees heat waves coming off mm -hmm. of them uh-huh and later on that and after that uh Kyosuke also notices his hands is uh, that his uh he must have like the legendary hands of the sun and uh apparently like only it's one in ten people even in france who are bakers have that ability so and it's something incredible. we know. It's rare. Yeah. Something we know is that she has no fear of this guy, and I even at one point says, "What are you going to do? Expel me from this challenge? Fire me?" And is and and he's just like, uh, he's just like "Let's fire move on." You fire you, huh? He uh -huh. says it's like. There's something behind this. Like she's uh -huh. she's involved in something in some way, mm -hmm. and we find out what that is by the end of episode three. But uh, here in episode two, it's a mystery, and it's it's good for uh, the story right now for the audience not to know what uh, mm -hmm. what she's up to and who she really is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the blonde ruins um, two hours worth of work from. For Cosma. Cosma. And mm -hmm. so Cosma has to come up with some another idea and asks for some yogurt. So he's going to try to yogurt cultured uh, dough of some kind. And mm -hmm. then he proceeds to make what he calls Japan 16. Mm -hmm. Japan 16. Yep. Which, which, once he's ready to put it in the oven, it's just so silly because it's just it's a flat square with a ball in the center of it placed on top. It's like it's like the Japan flag. Is that why this is called the Japan bread? What mm -hmm. what are you doing? And so <laughs> And so he puts it in the oven, says in 30 yes. minutes this will be ready at 250 degrees uh Celsius. Yes. Um so they then uh like uh this guy Kyosuke, um then um like, he can't handle waiting to see what this is. And so he opens up the oven. And, like, to which, you know, Cosmo's like, wait, no, it's not ready yet. What are you doing? And Kim is like, camp. how on earth has Kyosuke not been kicked out of the competition yet? It's so pain. And, like, Ryo has been watching people like a hawk. Yeah. How did he not get kicked out for pulling this crap? Just be like, hey, this guy's bread sucks because you ruined it. Minus ten points. Get out. Meanwhile, the guy with the uh, the bandana and the murderous intent in his eyes turns out his rolling pin has a sword in it, 
and he uses it to perfectly score his bread top before baking it. Ridiculous. <laughs> purely, purely ridiculous. Just unbelievable. Yep. And so, uh, so after all the bread, like, well, anyways, uh, um, Kyosuke, the blonde, opens up the uh, the oven, and there's nothing in there. And he's like, "What the crap? What's going on? Why? Where's your bread? I saw you put it in there." And uh, he's like, well, it wasn't ready yet, but you can look at it now. And he turns around and he sees that there's this bread now in there. But it's bread that is th this flat sheet of bread somehow folded up and molded into the perfect shape of Mount Fuji. Yeah, and he's like, what the crap happened? And so all the bread, everyone brings their bread out after the end of the three hours and they all get judged. The first couple, the first two contestants lose instantly. Just minus 10, minus 10. And one of the number two is just like, wait, what do you mean I lost? You didn't even taste it. You don't know how good it tastes. He's like, I know because I'm good enough. Or Rose, like, I'm good enough to know how it tastes just by looking at it. He's like, that's not possible. Because like, I'm me. And it does because this whole, I'm uh, me. Uh -huh. Because it does, and and so, it does this dramatic line. And the guy's freeze. like, you didn't, even, you didn't even taste it. I mean, like, we both made the same kind of bread, but mine looks completely different than his. So how do you know that we both fail? And, the, and then Ryo takes his thumb, goes over to um, the bread and says, the, the I forget what type of, type of bread he made. He's like, this he bread that you roll. made? Huh? He made a butter roll. Butter roll. It's like, this butter roll, if it, it, it is like, if I press down into it, if you made it properly, it will pop back up. Pushes his thumb down into it and collapses the bread. Just completely yep. destroys it. To which number two freaks out. And then Ryo turns to him and he's just so intense and dramatic about bread. And he's just like, your bread is worth minus 20, not 10. Go home, scum. Cut to the size, like a, a, a in someone's imagination, the, a upward pointing shot of a chasm opening up and him falling into it. Mm-hmm. Cut back to he's just still lying on the floor. He didn't actually open up a chasm to swallow the the contestant, but they but that's what happened to his soul. His soul is destroyed. His soul fell into that chasm. But anyways, he goes down and he starts. Um, Ryo goes, he, he down, goes the down the line. And he fails some people. He takes away points from practically everybody. The he then samurai invites guy. him to punch his loaf, uh -huh. and so he does. He does a full-on punch into the loaf, indents it. Minus zero. Uh-huh. It goes on, goes on, goes on. Um, and then he sees uh, the blonde's roll, which... like it's, it's a fried bread, normally, but it was baked this time, so it was a, a twist on a traditional bread type. And says, but you get minus two points because you should have pulled that out 30 seconds or that was in the mm -hmm. oven for 30 seconds too long. It's like, he, and he's right. It was. Yeah, and the only was. reason it was in there for 30 seconds too long is because he was so intense to find out what's going on with Kazuma's bread that mm -hmm. he didn't pay attention to his, to when his bread needed to come out of the oven. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But he makes kind of interesting bread. He makes a classic, uh, a steamed bun. Um, you see them a lot in uh, in um, Asian cinema. 
Um, they ste- they take the buns and they have those bamboo steamers and they cook them in those. Yeah. Um, but instead of steaming it, he baked it for the final bit just to give it a nice crispy outside, a nice fluffy inside. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he lost points because it was in the it was in the oven for thirty seconds too long. Um, anyways, uh, they then um, he then goes to a Cosmos bread and he's just like, "What the crap is this?" You know, and he explains to him that this is Japan number sixteen. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> Cosmo's like, I made this uh, because of how much of how great. Uh, well, I, and he he picks it up, and he bite. Uh, Rio picks it up and he takes a bite out of it, asking, "How do I eat this?" And he's like, "You eat it however you want." Cosmo says, "You can eat it however you want." So Rio then eats the bread, mm-hmm. and he's it's incredible. It's flavorful. It's flaky. It's delicious. And he's just like, but why this shape? And he's like, oh, it's because it's perfect for curry. Like, wait, what? Yeah, you can put curry into it and just eat it like, you know, like it's a yeah. bread bowl of curry. Yeah, he, he talks about how he built this thing. And what happened mm-hmm. is that he has two different types of bread. He has a, he has a traditional uh, Indian flatbread called naan, which is, he doesn't know what, it's, what that is. And we'll get into that in a moment. Then he has yep. this wad of dough he puts in the center and what he does is he slams it up into the roof of the oven and then as it cooks it starts to peel away from the roof and the and the darker parts get to the side while the stuff still stuck to the top still stays pale so snow colored and so this bread ends up being snow colored at the peak with kind of a divot in the top and then um brown around the sides mm-hmm. and yeah he, it's so it's an so as mount fuji like this it turned it upside down and it's a bowl like it could be a taco bowl but he said recommends it for curry and he said because curry is such a wonderful traditional japanese food and everybody just sort of looks at him and goes curry Wait, is it from what? japan curry's, curry's india and like and uh, what's his name? And his Kyo's argument like, is that the an, word for spicy sounds like curry. Yeah, and I, was, curry I, was about to, I was about to explain that uh, because the word for spicy in Japanese is karai, karai, <laughs> um, and uh, that means spicy. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, "What? No, but it's it's close to to, to karai. It's close to spicy. Therefore, it's a Japanese food." And I was like, "You're an idiot. It's it's from India. That's he's literally just, where it's from." Yeah, and he just the, the bread he made is from India. Without mm-hmm. knowing it was Indian, he made it perfectly to go with an Indian food that he didn't know was Indian. He thought was Japanese. Yep. But like he then describes how you would eat it. You would just pour the curry into the little dome. Um, and Ryo, uh, this super hard, harsh, intense guy, just pictures how eating curry in that bowl. And he's just like drool coming down his face. Yeah. Yeah. So he then says, all right, he then it gives him two points. He the gives him two points. And everyone's just like, wait, he gave him points. That's the first time in this entire competition he's given someone points. And then he, Ryo sends everyone home except for, and let me re- read the names here, except for Kazuma Tsukino, the, the girl who was kind to Kazuma at first, uh-huh. um, Kyosuke, the blonde, and then um, Suabara, the samurai. Ah. The super kid samurai, and he sends everyone else home. And people are like, "But I still have points! Like, but, but you can't just send me home like that. I still have points. The competition isn't over. I can still, I can still do this." To which Ryo just says, "Minus ten points to all of you. Get out." So they now 
have no points, so they just they have to leave now. They do. Um, and he tells them that, all right, from here on out, oh, so the final leg of this competition, you are all going to spend the night here, and by noon tomorrow, I want each and every one of you to make me the perfect croissant. Mm-hmm. To which Cosmo's just like, wait, who's Claus Swan? Who says croissant? Which is uh, like he, they kind of have a, they have it closer to the French pronunciation in Japanese. I'm not quite sure how they say it. Uh, um, I didn't I didn't write it down. Croissant. But Cosmo's just like, wait, wait, who's Claus Swan? Claus Swan. Yeah, who's Claus Swan? Over and over again. Who's wait? I don't know who Claus Swan is. Like, but anyways, there's also another gag where, so they keep telling him that the bread you made is just non. Yeah, they don't really explain this in the subtitles, but um, he says "nanda nanda," which uh, means it's non, it's non. But "nanda" also means like, "What do you mean?" or "What are you talking about?" or "What is it?" type thing, you know. Uh-huh. So Cosma, who has no idea that the bread he makes that he's in that he thinks he's invented already exists and is called non, uh-huh. thinks that they're accusing him and doesn't know why. So. <laughs> So that's why he's so defensive. That's why he's so defensive in that he scene. Make, he doesn't accept that there's another thing called... It, is, it, it isn't until, I think it's Kyosuke, who finally pulls him over and says, Dude, it's we're not saying what, because he catches on. He's just like, the bread is literally called naan. Is that, oh, okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's, a, it's an Indian bread. It wasn't, it didn't translate very well into English, so I don't think they... So I don't think they used it. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, it, we're, we're kind of blessed here in the latter stages of, uh, of anime, um, translation where they'll actually take the time to explain gags in the subtitles, mm-hmm. but this is an older show. This, um, did, did you ever catch the original air dates for this? Do you know when it, when it aired? 2004, 2005, this was, this is older. Okay. So, so yeah, so, so this is kind of the, uh, the, uh, I'm not going to say the dark ages of, uh, but it's still, no, this is not for kids. (laughs) This is not the dark (laughs) ages of, of, uh, anime, (laughs) of anime dubbing. Uh, anyways, um, so that, so they then are, they, they're given that competition. And so the next episode is them making, um, croissants and it starts off, uh, with Cosma calling his family and he calls his sister and says, Hey, do you know who, who, uh, Claus Swan is? She's like, wait, no. Well, ask grandpa. Hey, grandpa, do you know who Claus Swan is? What's that? You mean the you dam? Uh, the, the dam? No, 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 grandpa. That's, that's this dam, whatever. Something famous dam. happens to start with the same letter, but doesn't sound mm-hmm. anything the same. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he. Uh... <laughs> so, so he's lost trying to figure out what a croissant is, um, and his uh... Kyosuke? Uh Well, uh, who's the girl? Uh, the girl is Tsukino. Tsukino offers to teach him, and uh, is willing to take him under her wing and and help him out, and Tsukino has the blonde has uh, other ideas and he um he uh <laughs> lays he he brings Kazuma into a, a storeroom and says by the way this is who we're up against 
and it demonstrates that the person like who, who's what's the samurai's name? Uh, Suwabara. No, so Suwabara. Well, it turns out Suwabara had previously won a different cooking competition, and croissants were the finishing, were, were the final part of the competition. And so he won a competition in croissants. They have to find a way of beating him. And then he goes into what is, I can only assume, is a great big lie about having two little about a fire that killed his parents and he has two little siblings and if he doesn't get this job then they'll all be starving in the streets. And so Cosmo agrees, Cosmo just has tears in his eyes and agrees to help him despite the fact that the guy's like did I sell it too hard? Oh yeah, no, it is very, very much um, he's very much lying. It's, yeah, Uh, very much lying. And I I had to look it up because I I don't remember I actually looked up Grave of the Fireflies just to see if their cost if the costumes of the kids that he's talking about starving matched because I remember the boy looked like that but the girl was wearing uh-huh. something different. That would have been horrible. That would have been horrible, and I'm surprised you haven't tried to block that movie from your memory. No, it's again, it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. You know. You've seen it once, and you don't have to think about it again. Yeah. But, but there might be... I mean, likewise, there was that scene in an episode of uh, Shiro Bako where, they're go- where she can't find enough animator... Uh, you know, in-betweeners or key... No, she can't find enough keyframe animators to get through an episode. And um, it suddenly cuts to her being the matchstick girl trying to find key... <laughs> Like barefoot with a hood and a little and a little box of matches in the snow, trying to find <laughs> something. It's like, why? Why do you need to pull that reference? There's nothing but sadness in this reference. I think that's the point. But anyways, um, we learn who the that samurai is, um, and he won an inter- international competition. At a very young age, he became a rank one baker because of this competition. Yes. Youngest in the world to ever win it. And what he and the final competition or the final round of that competition was making croissants. So yeah. he pretty much has this in the bag. And um Kyosuke realizes that. He's just like, crap, I'm going to have to pull some sneaky stuff, stuff in order to, to win this competition if I want the job here. Because we didn't talk about this, but in episode two, he wants the job here because if you become a baker here, you're pretty much a shoe in to become a manager and have your own... um Franchise, your own franchise, um, and, and that's what he wants. That, that's out, and while and Cosmo just kind of shrugs that off and goes, "Okay, that's nice." Like, why are you reacting I so plainly? It's like because that's care. not my dream. My dream is to make an amazing bread, a bread so amazing that the entire world recognizes it as this is Japan bread. This is Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so which is a dream he got from. The other chef, the uh, the the baker, when he was six. Um, so that was been his dream for forever. forever. But yeah, so so Kazuma teams up with Blondie to uh, well, try to figure out how to make crescent rolls. Mm-hmm. Well, and then um, the girl um, Tsukino comes up and grabs uh, Kazuma and starts talking to him. 
Um, and they're walking down the hall and she grabs his hand. I forget exactly why she grabs his hand, but then um, Kyosuke comes up from behind, runs up, grabs him, and runs off. Oh. And I forget what her excuse was for grabbing back. his hand. And, she, and she's like, oh, he got taken. And then she looks down at her hand and she sees kind of that glowing residue got some warm from spots. having some, some warm spots on her hands. And she's like, yep, I knew it. He has those special hands. Um, and uh, Meanwhile, in episode two, yeah, meanwhile, um, previously, previously in episode two, uh, the, the scene was when uh, Cosma and the blonde's hands met. He realized how warm they were. The blonde immediately put him in his armpit to measure to to sense you know how how hot they were compared to regular human body temperature, mm-hmm. which Cosmo was completely freaked out by. He was like, "What is going on here?" And mm-hmm. then nearly got points deducted for that racket that was cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but, anyways, the but yeah, but that's are... what, but yes, he kidnaps blonde kidnaps uh, Cosmo from the girl, uh, and the girl's like, "He's been kidnapped." Okay. And oh, uh, whatever, and that's when they're in the storage closet when um, co- when he reveals the backstory of the samurai guy, and uh, then gets on his hands and knees and tells him this great big lie about having sick, uh, sick and dying uh, brother and sister mm-hmm. who, who will starve to death on the streets if uh, he doesn't get this job, and Cosimo just tears in his eyes believes him. And they proceed to work together on trying to get, find some uh, ways of making a christen roll. Mm-hmm. Well, they're about halfway through the uh, they're halfway through the process of making the crescent rolls when he's like, "Oh, this is just like um, my my Japan number fifty five. I want no whatever it was. I've got it I written down. Uh, Japan forty three. Forty three. Japan forty three. Yep. Japan forty three. So um, and, and so he then proceeds to tell him how to finish it and says. And then you just fold it until there are a hundred and uh, three hundred. Yeah. Okay, so well, you're uh, so the, the so way you make you a croissant. He's explained like yeah. Kilske the blonde. He's explaining how to make the croissant. Is like you you smash up the butter inside of it and you fold inside of the dough and you fold it, and to, and you fold it in thirds until you have a hundred and eight folds. And Costas like, no, do it more. It's like, no, okay. we can't. If we do it more, it's going to ruin it. So when I my family can't eat wheat, uh huh, but we can have a wheat like substitute is a cousin of wheat called spelt which has a low gluten amount to it but also it doesn't doesn't use the same pesticides that wheat harvesting does and we wanted to make our own crescent rolls with spelt but you can't because there's insufficient gluten to do what a crescent roll recipe calls for Mm -hmm. and even so we we read up on it and it does take 18 hours of prep time before you even bake it and it is it is you lay it out flat, and then you, you you don't smash butter into it. You have a layer of butter, and the butter is what keeps the layers apart from each other when they cook. Mm-hmm. So you have these layers of bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, smashing isn't what I is uh, was not correct. I do that wasn't the right terminology, but but the, it, it is pressed, and they are used. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a smashing action during the description where somebody was t- talking about things they were doing with a rolling pin. And so it's an understandable um, thing, but no, it is there. So Ugh. they take one, fold it in thirds, spread it out, fold it in thirds again, spread it out until you have so many different layers. And mm-hmm. 
I didn't count how many. I don't know. So so three, then nine, then eighteen. It's a hundred and it ends up being a hundred and eight or so, if uh, if I recall correctly. Well, it's supposed to be fifty four, but he folds it again to make it a hundred and eight, and then folds it into thirds again to make it three hundred and twenty four. Well, there, ha they have this big argument. But uh, the two of them have this big argument where uh, Kyosuke says no any more than that and it will burn we can't do that and Cosmo's like no it needs to be more folded more and finally uh he gives in and uh does it the way Cosmo wants because he decides to go ahead and trust in Cosmo's idea for Japan 43 uh -huh. um but before and they're able what to happens it, um the girl comes in that's right and he said and Cosmo's just like oh hey yeah let me talk to you real fast and so he goes off with the girl um, but, but, well, the girl comes in and then Kyosuke is just like, crap, please don't tell anybody this. Like, I have to win this competition. Gives him the same sob story. He's like, please keep this a secret. And she's just like, oh, but there's no reason to keep it a secret. And he's just, just like, what? what? What do you mean? Uh, yeah. uh, I was like, oh, it's don't worry about it. And then she and Cosma go off and uh -huh. it's the next day and Cosma and the girl never came back. And so Kyosuke's like, well, yes, I can win this competition. The, before now. the next day. Before uh -huh. the next day, but after the girl leaves, he's taking a look at all the thin layers that they've made of the uh, of this crescent roll before they've rolled it up. And he picks it up and he just sees how thin it is. It's actually transparent. And it reminded me of, and I wrote this down, it reminded me of a scene from there's the Mickey Mouse's Jack and the Beanstalk. Where Mickey, Donald, and Goofy are starving in a farmhouse, and they and they're slicing. Oh yeah, they're slicing bread so thin that it's like it's like a um a piece of celluloid. It's transparent, and they're and then they slice a bean up, and so there's Donald with two slices <sighs> of celluloid thin bread with a slice of bean in between them, and then he goes mad. It's mm -hmm. like the most violent, crazy scene they've ever animated Donald in. I uh, yeah, I'm surprised that I did not think about that because I literally shared that same scene with a friend today at work. Um, <laughs> I forget what, what he did that made me think about it. I think he just sent me a Donald Duck clip and I sent him that. Um, but anyways, uh, so and he yeah he he pulls it apart and he's and like it comes apart so cleanly and so neatly, just straight down the middle. He thinks he compares it to having a samurai slicing through a piece of paper with a super sh sharp katana. And the only way that could have happened is if the gluten um, molecules isn't right, but the gluten part of the wheat had formed the correct lattice necessary to hold its structure perfectly as it's that thin. Mm -hmm. And that must have been just one of the benefits of, of kneading the dough with these hands of the sun. Mm -hmm. Oh, hi, Katie. That activated the gluten you know? so well. Oh, anyways... Um... So he cut then, to the next morning, and it's just the two of them mm -hmm. uh, showing off their crescent rolls. The two of them being um, Kyosuke, uh, Kyosuke and um, and uh, Suabara. Yeah, the blonde and the samurai. And his came out, and the blonde, uh, Kyosuke, his, uh, his croissant is just charred black. It's burnt, just like he said it was going to be. Yep. Um, and so um, Ryo's just like, I don't even want to taste that, but that's Part of, so because the, it's part of the competition, I ha because of the rules, I have to taste it. Mm -hmm. um, 
But uh, they just they like, spent some time making yet. fun of him and wondering uh-huh. if he screwed up the recipe. It's like, no, uh-huh. this is this is how he told me to do it. And then he's staring at the spoon, like, what am I supposed to do with this spoon? Mm-hmm. And he taps the top of the and before before the taste test, he goes, just give me a second. And he taps the top of the spoon, uh, the spoon against the top of the crescent roll, and you start seeing these cracks. And the uh-huh. cracks start to fade away, and then you see this golden light emanating from it. And then, as this golden light's emanating from it, I actually had to do a search for this. It's called Also Sprach Zarathustra. Also Sprach Zarathustra. Zarathustra. I didn't prep to say that correctly. But it's the theme song to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It starts playing. As you know, which is the music that plays as the sun is rising over the crescent moon in the opening sequence, and Ugh, which is a like, song that's used a lot these days for parody and whatnot. But anyways, they um, so it, the, the 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 black crust falls off and it's just golden and beautiful on the inside, and it reminds him of a crescent moon, um, and yo sees it and instantly falls in love with it. He then picks it up and he tastes it. And it's just so incredibly intense, the flavor. Like, he sees himself on the moon and suddenly he's talking with Houston about one giant leap for bread kind or something. The Apollo 12 landing. The Apollo 12 landing. One giant leap for bread kind or whatever. Yes. Um, And then it cuts back to, to... reality and he starts kind of he's like how many are in here he's like one two three four five six seven eight, nine. there's over 300 layers like he somehow there's over 300 there's over nine thousand <laughs> ah anyways um there's over you know there's over 300 layers in this uh croissant uh-huh. um and he just uh you know uh is just uh, amazed by it um anyways uh just as they're about to uh announce who the winner is um well, he he awards him extra points oh yeah so like he awards him five points he was at eight so he's now like at 13 i don't he's know 13 points i don't mm-hmm. know if he awarded him five or six i don't remember if he was at 13 or 14 but either way he was above 10 uh-huh. so the question is whether or not the other roll crescent roll um <sighs> excuse could match mm-hmm. and that it's at that point that the samurai asks if he can taste test and taste when he it. does he t- so he tastes it and his back seizes up. It's mm-hmm. t- so good. Well, before he tastes it, the the girl comes in with her grandfather um, uh-huh. because he's the grandfather. Sees this. Sees um, the samurais leaning back. Uh, his back breakingly <laughs> good flavor is what he calls it. Uh-huh. Um, but the girl comes in, and it turns out that she is the granddaughter of the owner of this bread uh, store um, of this bread franchise. Which is why she didn't uh, and, care about um, points or the rules. Yep, didn't care about the rules, didn't care about the points. And uh, she joined this competition on a whim just to see um, the local talent. Um, which is why Rio couldn't do anything about her being there. Um, uh-huh. Because it turns out she also is the manager of a store of their South Tokyo location. It's true. Um, and so she... Uh, so and the grandfather comes in and then that's why and Kyosuke is just like wait a minute that's why you meant that it doesn't it doesn't really matter as a secret because uh, yeah because of your position it didn't like you weren't going to participate anyways or whatever 
Um, but anyways, um, after the samurai recovers from the flavor, mm-hmm. he willfully and deliberately concedes. Mm-hmm. He, he concedes the victory because that was just the most amazing crescent roll he'd ever tasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, the oh, excuse me, ah. Ugh, the hour change is just getting to me. Anyways, um, so, uh, they, um, so the samurai leaves, they give the job to Kyosuke, but Kyosuke's just like, no, I can't accept this, um, because it wasn't me that did it. It was this guy's recipe, and he he admits to it. And, uh, well, he learns, well, he, he pulls the girl over to the side and says, this isn't my recipe. Are you really okay with me doing this? Um, and, uh, she says, well, here, let me go ahead and tell you what actually happened last night. Um, and she said that, um, Cosma withdrew voluntarily from the competition because you needed this job for your, uh, for your starving siblings. So he withdrew because he wanted, and he wanted you to use his recipe to win the competition so that you could have the job. And because he's such a bad liar, he couldn't be there in the same room as the competition because he wouldn't know what face to make to make to make mm-hmm. it believable that it wasn't his recipe. And this is when we learned that Kyosuke is also a country bumpkin, pretending to be a big city guy because he talks about he keeps accusing uh he keeps saying, Oh, he's such a good guy, such an idiot, such a like why is it that country boys are such good guys? Um and like, uh, you know, like me, you know, type thing. Um so they, we get him crying too. We get him crying too. And so he then goes off after um Kazuma. And the two of them are um, walking down the road together, and we cut to inside of a car, and we see the grandpa and um, and uh, Tsukino in the car, and he's just like, "Hmm, I wonder. Like those two really are talented. I wish that I had. Well, I wish I was able to give them both jobs." To which she says, "Grandpa, don't you dare! You're like you can't have them, grandfather." I saw them first. I want them for my South Store location. <laughs> it's true. And he just, uh-huh. This is great, which means that uh, the samurai probably got the job at the North Store, lo- at the Central Tokyo location, and then... Possibly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes a whole lot of sense, because, you know, what what features heavily in the opening credits is a less fancy version of the same franchise as mm-hmm. in a building. And... Um, and all those and all those characters, the girl, uh, Kazuma, and uh, blonde, and then somebody who looks a little bit like uh, uh, who's the guy in um, who, who's that guy from uh, Excel Saga who can pull anything out of his afro? Oh, um, Nabashin. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah, there's a character who looks like Nabashin who is featured in the. Uh, the half episode card that goes okay. This, this is a commercial break, and now we're back. That card, uh huh. Yeah, he's there with all the other cast popping out of his afro. Wow. Uh, and so we haven't met him yet in the show, and the, and the uh, the credits, the the opening seems to imply that there's quite a lot of uh, interesting characters that we have yet to meet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the first three episodes. Yeah, I, uh, Kitty, what are you doing? Sorry. Hello, Toby. Welcome to the podcast. He's the real star of the show, aren't you, Toby? He thinks he is. 
Anyway, um, so yeah, that's the first three episodes of the show. What do you think? Um, it's a much cleaner version, a le- less uh, raunchy version of uh, Food Wars. Um, uh-huh. And it, it promises to be pretty interesting. So I'm going to keep... I'm going to see what I can do to squeeze it into my uh, schedule. I feel the same. It's uh, It was a whole lot of fun, these first three episodes. It was very, very much an, a throwback to old school anime. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess 15 years ago can be considered old school. There's 70 some odd episodes, so it's going to be a bit of a time, uh, time commitment to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed the first three episodes. I would like to find the time to watch all of it. I see. Um, okay, so uh, that's it for um, for Yakitate Japan. What are we watching for next week? All right, next week we're going to watch Ristorante Paradiso, Rome, Italy. When she was a child, Nicoletta was taken in by her grandmother so that her mother could remarry. Now grown up, she leaves everything in the countryside behind to visit her mother and her mother's second husband, a restaurant owner. To her surprise, her stepfather did not know his wife had a daughter. Delicious food and dreamy gentlemen await at the Ristorante, Castella del Orso. Mm. For everyone who works there, a tender connection to, to the hearts of each visitor is spun, and the curtain raises on a story about these first-rate Italian gentlemen in spectacles. Mm. Okay. So that's what we're going to watch next week. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for three episodes in. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, Recommendation of the Week. And it's my turn this week. And I'm picking a game that I have been using to unwind uh, recently at the end of my long days. Um, and it's a game that I think that your kids might actually enjoy as well. It's called Little Dragon Cafe. Now, when this game first uh, came out, a lot of people were comparing it to, or like um, the uh, marketing kind of showed it as a Harvest Moon style game. That's not what this game is at all. It is a very simple uh, game where you day to day you run a little cafe. Um, You play a little boy or a little girl uh, whose mother has succumbed to some kind of a sleeping sickness. Uh, She is uh, she will she is not waking up. In order for her to wake up, you have to do. I, it's been a while since I started it, but pretty much you have to um, uh, provide magical items. And the only way to provide those magical items is through raising a dragon. Hmm. And there's this little dragon who becomes your pet. And this dragon grows as you progress with the story. Um, and as you the dragon grows, you unlock more of the map and you can find more ingredients. Uh, the, the big point of the game is running a cafe, finding the ingredients for recipes, finding new recipes, um, and uh, solving people's problems by cooking dishes for them and things like that, helping them to remember happier times and whatnot. Um, and uh, you, it's it's very, very fun, very laid back, adorable artwork. Um, I just got to the part to where the dragon can now glide and I can ride on the dragon's back. Um, I think when it gets, it's currently in the adolescent stage, they said. Um, so I think when it gets to the adult stage, which is the last stage, according to what they've said in the game, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to just fly on the dragon. Um, but yeah, it is a lot of fun. It's very relaxing. Um, if you want to go ahead and just chill to a nice, a relaxing game, give it a try. 
Fantastic. That's Little Dragon Cafe. Okay, then. All right, which brings us to our creator shout-out of the week. And it's your pick this week. And this week, I'm picking another one of the artists that I met at uh, Anime Bonsai's uh, Artist Alley. Mm-hmm. This one goes by Savvy Jensen Art. They have okay. a Facebook page, Etsy, and uh, Instagram account. Um, and I'm over here browsing their Instagram account right now, and they just have some amazing, brightly colored uh, illustrations that are just charming. There's a there, there's a real heart oh. to all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um. All right. Cool. Well, go ahead and check them out. We should probably go ahead and wrap up here. It's been a bit of a longer episode. Um, but yes. thanks so much for listening in this week, you guys. Uh, it means the world to us. Uh, if you listened in on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. And be sure you also ring that bell to get notifications whenever we post a video. Uh, if you like what we do and want to support us, please share our channel or with your friends. Uh, where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.